The Gadget Guide on Cambridge 105 Radio with the Centre for Computing History, Cambridge. Making the history of computing fun for everyone. Visit computinghistory.org.uk to find out more. Welcome to The Gadget Guide. Yeah, welcome to Gadget Guide, show number 262 with the latest tech news and then we'll look at Apple's latest announcements. But first of all, it's, uh, it's, it's coming up to Black Friday and Cyber Monday and uh, <laughs> those seem to have come around very quickly, This, uh, of course. It's sort of become yeah. Black November, I think, for a lot of retailers. It's a case of let's just do specials for the whole month because it's easier. And I, I think so. And this sort of started in uh, in the US originally, but it seems to have firmly wandered its way uh, this side of the uh, the Atlantic. Oh, around, um, around the world, actually. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Um, so, what to look out for, and uh, and what not to uh, not look out for. Um, first of all, let's let's start off with the the bad things that can happen on uh, <laughs> on Scams. Black Friday. Yes, yes, yes. Watch out for dodgy emails that look like they are the best sales offers ever. Yep, Saying that, I saw one which I had to double check today. Uh, a lot of the big providers, Amazon and uh, the like, are doing a lot of sales. That means they're sending a lot of emails to people saying, hey, claim your uh, thing and be really quick about it. Anything that tries to instill that sense of urgency, just do a moment to double check it because you know, it might be someone trying to get you all excited um, and not actually Amazon. So uh, do uh, yeah, check the... If, if, if you are offered a, an Amazon discount, for example, Amazon have an offer coming up for a discounted one of their own Fire TVs, go to Amazon's website directly. Yep. You'll be able to get exactly the same. Amazon.co.uk into your browser, go there, and then search for the product that is claimed to be on offer. If it doesn't show on the website, the email is probably fake. Yep. Um, of course, even within uh, some of these big selling platforms, Amazon, eBay, and the like, yeah, they they all now use third-party sellers to uh, offer products as well as the ones that they ship themselves. Um, not all sellers are equal, so do make sure that you check out the reviews. On Amazon, you might uh, find an awful lot of different sellers selling what seem to be similar products. Um, look yes. out for the reviews, but also have a read of a few reviews and check there for the same product you think you're buying, because there is a little bit of a trick that some sellers, uh, the less scrupulous ones, use, which is they put up one product for sale, get a load Five of good options. reviews, yeah. Yeah. And then change the product to something completely different. Yeah. And the reviews stick around saying it's awesome, even though it's no longer it's. Yes. And also, if you see too many reviews that are word perfect the same, question the quality of those reviews because yeah, um, it turns true. out that it is possible to buy reviews for products. And this is not only on Amazon, it's on all selling platforms. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Now, one thing. You know, if you are buying anything, and this goes for any larger purchase, um, do consider maybe buying it on a credit card instead of a debit card if you have both options available. Um, you do get a certain amount of, uh, of fraud protection on a credit card. So if you get something that isn't as it was described, if the seller won't offer you a refund or won't have that, the big platforms tend to be pretty good on, the, uh, on their own. But buying it on a credit card you know, even if you can pay off that credit card uh, instantly, mm. um, can often give you that added layer of protection. Watch out, by the way, if you use one of the um, up-and-coming banks that give you card-fronting services. So Curve, which offer you a card you can put in front of your credit cards, that's actually a debit card. So even if you back it by a credit card, 
your protection may be a little bit limited because the curve card itself is a, a debit card. Yeah, your best bet might be a supermarket-issued credit card because all of them offer reward points for their particular reward yep. program. So, yeah, sometimes it is better to count every penny for the finest. That's mishing, oh. mashing two of them together. Uh, Indeed. One of, of the course. other scams to watch yeah. out for is, is missed delivery messages. So things claiming to, you know, we tried to deliver your parcel um, and couldn't click this link. Those tend to be probably scammy, especially if you're not expecting a parcel. Yeah, very much so. And of course, with a lot of people buying a lot of things, it's easy to lose track of uh, you know which parcels you might be expecting, which couriers you might be using. Now, of course, on top of the actual you know, fraudulent scams, if you do fall foul of any of those, do get in contact with your bank, of course, immediately. Um, they should be able to help. Action fraud can, if not. Um, as well as the, the, the outright scams, some of them are just offers that maybe aren't quite as good as uh, uh, as you might think they are. And a really useful service, we've mentioned it before, um, is something like Camel, 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 uh, as in the animal with the humps. Uh, three of those. Just Google um, that. Yep. If you search for Camel, 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 you can put in any link on uh, the Amazon website and it will show you how that price has changed over time. So is it something where you know the price has been £10 for ages and now it's £5, that sounds like a pretty good bargain. Or is it something where it was £5 a month ago, then it went up to £10 for two days and now it's back down to £5, in which case maybe that's not such the, you know, not quite the bargain that, uh, that you thought it might have been. Some What's products... Cool with, it, with it is you can actually sometimes see what last year's Black Friday mm. price was and go, ah, so this year it's the same price as we last year's Black Friday it. price. Yeah. I, I didn't buy it then, but I really want it. Maybe that's going to be a good deal. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's worth doing is just using your favorite search engine and searching for the exact model number and checking because, you know, all of these sites selling product are indexed. So you might find the same thing available from your favorite high street retailer as an, on, uh, an online emporium. And you might want to support a John Lewis, a Richard Sounds, a Seven Oaks instead of Amazon. And sometimes being able to walk into the shop and by the thing is, is a bit more satisfying and you're going to get that level of customer service that you definitely can't get via a chatbot. Yeah, and maybe uh, the ability to actually take it away uh, <laughs> with you then and there as well. So if, uh, definitely definitely worth comparing. If you are going to buy on Amazon, one clever little tip is put the things that you want to actually buy, not the things that you're just wishing for, the things you actually need. Put them in a wish list on Amazon. Don't necessarily make it a public wish list. You can make it a private wish list. And if things come up on offer, you'll get notifications in the app. So, uh, that needs, yeah, yep. that, that's quite a clever way to spot the deals without having to go and check them all manually. Yep, very, uh, very good. Uh, we'll be keeping an eye on uh, all of those deals as uh, as we do see them. Um, up at, something we do know up front, though, is Sony have got a, uh, a pretty decent Black Friday deal they have announced on the PlayStation 5 uh, with... Uh, bundle of Call of Duty uh, Mass Warfare 3, uh, I think mod modern, the, modern, Warfare 3. modern Warfare 3, yeah. sorry. Um, yep, that's uh, that's coming in at a, uh, a decent discount. Uh, shop around some retailers going down as low as uh, 400 or 399 pound, um, which is about 130 pounds saving. Um, yeah, so if you're in the market the, for a PlayStation uh, 5, that's definitely going to be the best uh, deal before Christmas. And, you know, that, that one could be a... A pretty good one if you if you have someone who's who's really itching for one of those to to get under the tree at that sort of discount. 
Yeah, um, so that would normally come in around the £540 mark. Even the, the PS5 console on its own would normally be 480 So even if you don't care about the game, um, you, you can throw that away. Uh, Sell it. But, but you, st- <laughs> yeah, yeah, you still get uh, a decent discount on the, uh, on the console itself. Uh, that's that's that. Like I say, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on all of those deals as uh, uh, as we go on as well. Um, moving on to, uh, to to the cloud ecosystems and social media to start with, because uh, WhatsApp is uh, launching a new group voice chat feature. So they've had the ability to do voice calls for 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 quite a while, of course, um, but now you can sort of chat without on a more kind of ad hoc basis rather than having to actually yeah phone somebody up and, and establish so, a call yeah th- this is this is a possibly a major improvement over the old voice chat mo- model because if you if you did a voice chat in a group everyone's phone rings mm. and having been in a group that someone started a voice chat it was like why is my phone ringing with a yep. whatsapp voice call hang up disconnect go away um Instead of that, you'll just get a notification saying that there is now a chat starting. And then you can basically drop in on the chat rather than having to answer. Yes, and join and leave as as you see fit, really, isn't it? It's rather than uh, it being a call everyone, you answer. Once you hang up, you're done. This one, you can sort of dip in, dip out, as as you see. And uh, they will allow up to... So the current voice chat is maximum 32 people. The larger ones will allow up to 128 people. That's probably going to be uh, plenty enough and it's it's (laughs) going to get very confusing if you go more than than 32, I suspect. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, you know, a lot of people on those sort of chats are listening rather than actually contributing. So I suppose, you know... uh, the, the secret on those is going to be having moderators who can actually manage the chat yes. as a discussion forum rather than just a free-for-all. Yeah, very uh, very much so. Um, moving over to uh, to Google, a few, uh, a few bits here. Um, and the first bit is that they're taking legal action uh, against two groups of scammers using the BARD name. Um, so Google BARD is Google's uh, suite of AI tools uh, and their AI uh, assistant. Um, it's Google's answer to chat GPT. It, it is. But apparently there are a couple of groups uh, of people who are trying to trade on that name, trade on a lot of the interest that's uh, that's happening, um, and basically try and get people to, to do things. So yeah, well, one thing is encouraging people to try and download BARD, and that's not something you can do. It's an online service. Uh, it all runs on Google's uh, Google servers. Um, but obviously there's a lot of people that are excited about it and you know the the offer of being able to download it to their computer uh, not so uh, not so useful um, so uh, they're actually taking uh, uh, taking those two groups of uh, uh, of scammers to court um, the DMCA Digital Millennium Copyright Act which has something of a bad reputation in uh, uh, parts of the industry um, that's the vehicle they're using to uh, to, to try and tackle that. 300 yes, also, takedowns so far. Also fake domain names uh, as well as, yeah, possibly um, trojanized downloads. So basically uh, downloads that look like they could be a download bard. No one's got enough storage to download bard, um, but actually have viruses in them. Yeah. Uh, it's also interesting to see that whilst they're using uh, DMCA, um, there's a group who are abusing it Um by making fraudulent claims, so uh, basically spinning up a load of accounts, 
um, generating uh, content and then trying to take down legitimate creators' content um, using the the normals of copyright uh, processes. Um, and of course, wow. this is a, a bit of a problem um, for uh, for legitimate creators and legitimate rights holders who who need to be able to take down uh, content that has been uh, has been stolen or, or infringing in uh, in some way. So, yeah, very uh, very interesting. Yes, moving on to another Google product, Google Photos, which a lot of people use. Obviously, it's uh, fairly standard on Android phones, but can be installed elsewhere, is getting a new feature. Uh, basically, they've been uh, analyzing your photos and doing things like, we found these ones that look the same for quite a while. Now it's going to stack them in your photo album, which is going to make it easier to zoom through your photos. If you've taken 30 pictures of your dog or your cat, you don't Surely necessarily not. want to keep going scroll, more cat, more cat, more... You know, if it stacks them all together and goes, well, we found all of these and they're all pictures of your cat taken very much at the same sort of time, that makes quite a lot of sense and actually should make things easier for finding your photos. I do also like the, the sort of curation uh, side of it, which is as well as grouping them within the browser, you can also, if you go out you know, to an event, take a bunch of photos, um, It'll by grouping those similar ones, you can then go back afterwards and say, right, of the photos I took of this thing, which one's the best? Throw the others yeah. away. Okay, move on to the next subject. Which one's the best? Throw the others away. Um, uh, and so hopefully helping you not only in the sort of immediate display, but in the later organization of stick to a sensible number of photos without losing any that you did want to keep. I think it's only a matter of time before the machine learning algorithms can start to actually help and say, we think this, this one is seems the best to be the photo. best. Yeah. You know, it's got the best exposure, everything's in focus, uh, your subject's nicely framed, uh, the colours look good. All those sort of things are things that we can teach computers to do quite well at analysing. So it could be interesting that these tools can possibly help uh, people who take a lot of photos organise their digital yep. assets better. Definitely. Um, sticking once more with Google, and then we'll move on. Um, and that is something that's been a little while in the coming, um, which is that if you have a Google account which has not been used for two years or more, um, that is about to be deleted. So if you've not signed into an old Google account, but you want to keep it, uh, you have three weeks to do so. Um, because this is, this is part of a, a purge they've been uh, trailing for uh, a few months now, I think. Um, I think they talked about it first in about April, May. Yeah, year. exactly. Um, and the idea is that anything that's not been active for, for two years, or longer. the account goes and all the content that might have been in it. So if you've got any emails, if you've got any calendars, spreadsheets, Google Drive documents, all of that, photos Google Photos, um, all of that will be permanently deleted. You will not be able to recover it. Um, uh, and yeah, this is a good thing, really. I think there's a lot of Google accounts that are genuinely unused. Tidying those up rather than Google keeping hold of all of that data forever and ever is a good thing. They'll help. It'll help them on the sort of operating cost side of things. But also, yeah, we don't need accounts that aren't being used sitting around waiting to be compromised. So I think it is yeah, a good thing, but do make sure you log in. The big risk is an old account could have an old password that could have been stolen and then the, yep. uh, the, the dark web could, uh, could try to log into that account, find an account that actually hasn't been touched for a while and possibly because the person doesn't know that that account exists anymore. Um, yeah, fake sending content I th from I that think account. The, the only thing that will be interesting to, uh, to note is, and I can't see an instant men mention of it, um, 
is what happens in terms of whether those usernames be uh, become eligible for reuse. Interesting because thought, if yes. you've previously used an email account, that gets closed down through inactivity, but you've got other not Google services uh, attached to that email address. Can someone else then sign up for, for that uh, username again uh, and then use that to gain access to your other services? So if you do still have other services as well that point to an old Google account, make sure those are, are now redirected to whatever email address you actively use now. Yeah, changing email addresses is as complicated as moving physical address. Uh, <laughs> yes. How Don't much we- work is going to be involved in doing that? Uh, moving on to the Microsoft world now, and Microsoft Edge, this is their uh, their modern browser, uh, built around the same rendering engine as Google Chrome, uh, now a very competent browser, unlike a, a few years back, um, and it's, it's introducing a new, uh, rather interesting feature, which is uh, automatic real-time video translation. So some of the video services like YouTube have offered translation as part of the video service, um, if the, the creator has opted into it. This is now pushing that out to the browser. So whatever website you're looking at, whatever video you're uh, you're watching, um, you'll soon be able to do real-time translation of that. Doesn't need uh, sort of closed captions enabled or anything no, it, like it, that. It, so it will be subtitles only to start with. So yep, you will, but, you will but doesn't, I think, rely the... on the original video no. having those subtitles. No. It, it will actually be listening to the foreign language. We're going to call it a foreign language because it's not English. Um, listening to the foreign language and then subtitling it in English. Yeah, I, yeah. I think yeah, I, I think that's really neat because I, I think it it works in several ways. So initially supporting English, French, Spanish, and Russian. Um, I don't see whether that's uh, source, source or destination languages or both. both. I'm assuming it's both, both. Um, in terms of whether it can translate to or from those languages. Um, but yeah, in terms of making a lot of content available, first of all, to people who speak English, where the content was produced in another language, but I, I would say almost more importantly, because so much of the content on the, the internet is English, um, more importantly, making that available to people for whom English isn't their, their first or isn't yeah. their, their preferred language. And you probably find it'll help people who are studying those other languages yep. to go, I can actually now see what this person... And learning a language by seeing it in your own as well as hearing mm, it in definitely. the original is, is a, a key way of learning a language. Interestingly, of course, the next technology will be Microsoft uh, getting their true voice real-time translation going on these sort of things. That's technology that they've, they launched in 2015, which actually speaks the language, speaks nice. the words in the translated language, but makes it sound like the original speaker rather than a Dalek speaking in monotone. Yes, I, I think that will be uh, very interesting to uh, to hear. Uh, moving over to uh, to Android now, and if you've got a Samsung device, then uh, they've announced the dates that Android 14, this is the latest major update of the Android operating system, is going to hit all of their various uh, Galaxy phones and tablets. So you'll, if you've got a Google Pixel device that's fairly recent, you can already get Android 14. Um, but Samsung are now doing the same for their Galaxy series. So um, they're going to be supporting everything from the current ones all the way back to the things like the Galaxy Tab A7s, uh, some years old now. Um, and the, the S21 in the Galaxy S series. Yep. Um, and similarly, so the, the S23 is going to be the first ones. So that one's uh, already to got get it. That. Uh, that yep. got it 
last uh, two weeks ago um, on the 30th of October. The next ones are the A34, A54, Z Flip 5 and Z Fold 5, which are all That's getting it today. So if you have one of those, check for updates in your uh, settings. Go to the cog at the top in your settings tray and scroll to the bottom and find software updates and just go check for settings. Do this on Wi-Fi. It's quite a big download. Uh, those all out today. Uh, Wednesday, we're going to see, is uh, the fi- 15th of November, we're going to see the S22 range. That's the S22, S22 Plus, S22 Ultra. Seeing that build coming out. And then in a few days after the So next week, we're going to see um, the A13, the A33s, series, yeah. A53s, S23 FE, uh, S21s, and the S21s as well. The whole series. And the Z Fold 4, Z Flip 4, getting November the 20th an update. And basically rolling on from there through the older ranges through the rest of November. Uh, yep. Some of the slightly older ones probably rolling into December. Yeah, the likes of the uh, the A4s and uh, and that sort of thing. Um, there there are other models that they have not yet announced dates. So things like the A14 and the A05, um, those are yet to be announced. It will be coming. Um, they've committed to releasing those things. A14 in the same uh, same bracket. Um, A14. Will waiting be... for the uh, traffic jam to clear. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, those will be getting the update, but since we've got the dates going out into early December, we can probably assume that it's going to be after that. Maybe a, a bit of a Christmas present on those older models. Yes, yes. So it all comes with the new One UI uh, 6, which is their late their um, Samsung-owned skin for the operating system, which these days is not too polluted, so is uh, fairly close to stock Android. Interesting. Uh, moving on to cars now, and uh, Tesla owners uh, may be seeing a bit of a reduction in their insurance costs, which after recent market uh, trends is probably going to be very, uh, very welcome. If you've not renewed your car insurance recently, then uh, brace yourself, uh, because the, the general market trend has been a big increase uh, this year compared to last Um but some electric vehicles have seen an even larger increase, and part of that has been the the typical cost of repair. There's obviously not as many garages that can deal with them yet, and there's not as much experience in the industry. Um, clearly, that will change, and Tesla are hoping to uh, um, to address part of that for their vehicles in making it easier uh, to replace some of the parts. So, yes, Tesla's construction methods are quite revolutionary in car manufacture in that they do what is known as gigacasting with a a large metal press that stamps out large chunks of the chassis in one complete lump rather than being lots of parts welded together. Mm. So you can actually change what would be 400 different parts to being one part. That does mean, though, that if that part is damaged it's suddenly a lot more challenging to repair. And what the insurance industry has hated is the cost of that, so that they've been pretty much writing off and scrapping vehicles that have had that level of damage, which on conventional designs and manufacturing styles... You just replace a panel or a a single bit of the the chassis. repairable. So what Tesla have turned around to the market and said that they will do is that they will actually ship those, and it's certainly on the Model Y at the moment, but this manufacturing process is coming to the Model S, uh, what they will do is ship those sections to the trade, so this is your uh, vehicle repair centres, at cost. Interesting. 
So uh, they uh, are keen on basically getting their cars back on the road and not being scrapped because it's a, a brand pride thing. Um, and hopefully that'll actually save money for everyone. Yeah, very uh, very good to see. Uh, and I, I, I'm sure that this will, will follow for the rest of the industry. Um, but clearly there's a lot of uncertainty around the, the cost of repairing uh, sort of electric vehicles in particular. And I think once... Yeah, once manufacturers support that repair process, that's going to give the insurance underwriters a lot more confidence. That's going to be the, mean that they can do a better job of predicting the, the costs of repair. And that's going to mean that the insurance premiums should then come down as a result. So I think it's, it's really good to see a, a move in this direction. Uh, I hope it follows across uh, across the industry, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything that cuts our, our costs these days is going to Definitely. be welcome. Uh, and lastly, back into um, the land of Apple, uh, which we'll be getting to some of their latest announcements. One of their announcements that they made uh, literally last week was their Apple Music Artist of the Year for 2023. It was Taylor Swift. Uh, is this the first time that she's been Artist of the Year? Uh, that's a very good question. I think so. Uh, I don't, uh, see any details about whether she's actually been artist of the year before, but, uh, she's also the most streamed female artist in Apple music history. Very impressive. <laughs> uh, so is doing well there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, she's, she's got lots of records for <laughs> her records, um, as far as, uh, Apple charts is concerned of course uh this year has been re-recording her back catalogue to get around a uh, loss of royalty from a record company being sold out from underneath her and uh and the rights to her masters disappearing which wasn't great so uh, a bunch of her uh 20 everything older than 20 and 19 i think she's re-recording and uh, and re-releasing this year they they sound very much like the originals because she's basically taking exactly the same song although the the critical reception has been it's better the second time around uh, very good we'll have a listen to that in just a moment cambridge 105 radio whether it's cambridge united city or histon fc from the terraces brings you reaction as we follow all our local teams we need to be more robust and durable in our defending, more aggressive to get to the ball. But also then we need to make sure that we take the ball and, and use it well and are threatening and fast with the ball as well as seeing moments when we can control it. From the Terraces with Tim Armitage, Sunday at 1 on Cambridge 105 Radio. Listen live on Radio Player. The Rotary Club of Cambridge's annual charity Christmas concert is back and this year we're at a new venue. We'll have two concerts for you at the West Road Concert Hall on Wednesday the 6th of December at 5pm and 7.15pm. I'm Neil Whiteside and I'll be your host. As usual, we'll be featuring performances by 10 local schools and this year we'll be supporting several Cambridge-based charities that help young people in our area. Blue Smile, Red Hen, Red Balloon and the Sick Children Trust. Tickets are £10 for adults and £5 for children and can be purchased through Eventbrite. Get in the festive spirit with the Rotary Club of Cambridge's annual Christmas concert. Find out more at cambridgerotary.org.uk The Gadget Guide on Cambridge 105 Radio with the Centre for Computing History, Cambridge. Making the history of computing fun for everyone. Visit computinghistory.org.uk to find out more. 
to Apple their latest announcement. We'll start off with the M3 processors. So you might uh, might recall a few years back, Apple launched their uh, M1 processor. It was the departure from Intel's technology and uh, a move over to ARM, a uh, local Cambridge company, of course. Um, they've now gone through the M2 and we're on to the M3. Uh, which, apart from being third generation, is also their first three nanometer <laughs> chips. Um, That's that phenomenal technology that when you think about it. So, yeah, yeah a nanometer is a thousandth of a millimeter. Uh, is it? No, it's a thousandth of a thousandth of a millimeter. So a millionth of a millimeter. Yep, you, you can get uh, a whole lot of transistors in there. And that, of course, is the reason for shrinking things down is that it means that you can pack more in and you can also move it faster. Yes. Um, so uh, uh, And it uses less power. So uh, it's it's incredible to see how things have shrunk down. And we're now getting to the point where we're talking sort of almost at the individual atoms level. Uh, <laughs> and certainly things you thought were an, an insulator, eh, less of an insulator at those scales. Um, but... What does this actually mean to uh, to people who might be buying the device with an M3 chip in it? Um, or or well, an M3 be... Pro or an M3 Max, which, of course, oh, are yes, the, that's... The, the more advanced versions. That, you know, there are three in the range, and they go from M3 to M3 Pro to M3 Max being the top of the range chip. Uh, basically, it just means they've packed more into each of those going up the scale. So you're going to get more compute for your money for an M3 Max, it's going to be more expensive, but it will definitely be the highest end CPU at the moment from Apple. Yeah, very, uh, very much so. Um, but, but you know, in terms of uh, speed, we're talking yeah somewhere around two and a half uh, times faster in some workloads than the M1 family. Um, what I'm not seeing so much is a comparison against the uh, the, the <laughs> M2, M2, yes, um, which is the, uh, the the sort of the current generation prior to this announcement. Um, but compared to the M1, thirty um, percent more efficient, fifty um, percent faster. So that's uh, less battery used, more stuff yep. done for the same amount of power. Yep, the uh, the neural engine, so this is what powers uh, certain machine learning workloads and that sort of thing, 60% faster than the equivalent in the uh, in the M1 cha- uh, chips. So, yeah, we're, we're talking a, a pretty decent upgrade. Um, I, like I say, the, the lack of comparison against M2 makes me think, mm, if you've got an M2 chip at the moment, maybe don't run out to, uh, to upgrade. No, I, I'd, I'd suggest that an M3 is probably not going to be as big a jump from an M2 as it would be from an M1. So, where can we go and get one of these? Well, it's featuring in the also new MacBook Pro. And there's a couple of models of these. Uh, There's a 14-inch MacBook Pro, which has the basic M3 processor. And there's also 14 and 16-inch versions with the M3 Pro processor and the M3 Max processor. So, yes, you can get a MacBook Pro with the M3 Not Pro, or you can get a MacBook Pro with the M3 Pro. And also the Pro and Max come in, uh, and this is the first time in about 15 years Apple have done a MacBook Pro in black. Mm, yes, and I have to say it does look rather, <laughs> rather nice. It's, uh, yeah, I, I think we're, we're obviously going through that cycle. That you seem to get laptops going through black is the cool color, then silver's the cool color, then white's the cool color, and we're, we've obviously cycled back around to, uh, to, to, to black. black again, yes. yes. Yeah. Also uh, nice to see that the the fastest processor is still available in the 14-inch form factor um, yes. and not just in the, the very big one, the 16-inch yeah, so uh, 
They've the managed to work out how to around. cool off an M3 Max in a 14-inch chassis, which is, is half of the problem with these chips is basically cooling. And the design of the Apple chassis is it's that unicast aluminium body which acts as the heat sink get the, for, the heat out. for the CPU. So it, it's important to um, not turn the laptop into something that feels like a hot plate, um, but also not impact the performance of the machine by getting that heat out uh, yeah. away from the CPU to, to basically keep the performance running. Now, uh, as so you yes. might expect, these are not cheap devices. The Pro in the name probably gave you the clue there. Um, <laughs> the, the the base model, so that's with just the M3 processor, uh, still a very capable laptop, of course, um, starts at around £1,700. And, of course, compared to a, uh, uh, a sort of similar PC-type laptop, that is not a cheap machine. Um, nonetheless, it's a very capable one. Uh, so yes, the M3 Max, for example, gets you 40 cores of GPU and 128 gigs of, of memory. The, the one slight quirk on Apple laptops is you don't tend to be able to upgrade the memory on the laptop, so you've got to buy it with the amount of memory you're going to use for life. There don't tend to be upgrades on that option. Um, and to but be fair, that is... That is Sorry. because they've basically integrated the memory into yes. the processor. That means that yes. it's very fast, it's very high performance, but it's literally glued together. So an M3 Max in the 16-inch uh, form factor of a MacBook Pro, which then ships with 16-core CPU, 40-core GPU, 48 gigs of memory, a terabyte of SSD, comes in at £4,100. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Gosh, and if you is, order it today, it'll be ready for you to pick up in two weeks. Very good. Um, well, the, the the MacBook Pro is not the only new uh, uh, computer announcement uh, because Apple have updated the iMac. Um, this is it's about time. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's, it's the sort of thing where, uh, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> Um, desktop computers don't get an awful lot of love nowadays, um, but there are still good uses for them, particularly if you're somebody who works uh, with a lot of multimedia, doing video creation, maybe photo editing, that sort of thing, uh, where having that extra screen, screen estate is really useful. And if you don't need the portability, um, then an iMac might just be the, uh, the thing. 24-inch display, very nice. Um, and it, it sort of looks like someone's taken a laptop, made it bigger, taken away the keyboard, and put it on a very sleek-looking stand. Um, but it's it's sort of not much thicker than a laptop would be, which is, no, uh, is quite 11, impressive. 11 millimetres, uh, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, you know, that sitting on your desk is going to look stunning because it is the whole computer in the screen. Yep, they and of course, couple that with a Bluetooth keyboard there. and mouse, and you've got basically a power cable going in and nothing else. And it's got a six-speaker sound system in it and a webcam. Everything's in there. So, now, interestingly, and, and this is sort of, a, it's atypical for Apple recently, but it does hark back to, if, if you're old enough to remember the Fishbowl uh, iMacs, yep. um, yeah, the, the sort of translucent Perspex cases, and you could get those in various different rather cool colours, uh, the new iMac is also available in a range of six different colours. Um, so whereas it before it was the black, uh, the, the silver or the white, and those were basically your own two choices, you now go for green or yellow or, or orange or pink purple. or purple or blue. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice, um, nice range of colours. Um, Personally, I think I'd be I'd be tempted to stick with the silver um, myself, but 
the blues blues rather nice the as blue, well. The blues quite the green's not too bad either. Matching keyboard and, and uh, mouse as well, which is quite nice. Um, and those do come with it, which is nice as well. Uh, top end M3 8 core CPU, 10 core GPU, 512 gigs of storage, 8 gigs of memory comes in at 1800 pounds, um, which is to be honest, on a desktop machine, which includes that stunning 24-inch screen, mm. not too shabby. That's, that's not bad for an all-in-one solution. If um, you are a student or in education, there are Apple discounts. Check on that, because as long as you've got a university or student email address, you can generally get good money off Apple products. We'll move on to something rather smaller, and that's the new Apple Pencil, which you can order now. So this yes. is their uh, their sort of user sort of free form user input device, isn't it? Yeah, and used by artists and people who take notes on uh, touch sensitive devices like iPads. Um, this is the third generation Apple Pencil. Of course, one of the big changes Apple have been doing across the range is USB C ifying everything. So of course, this one is USB C for recharging. As uh, <laughs> and, and rather nice to see that they have C finally. They they have just built the USB C port into the pencil rather yes. than having a sort of custom dock or a, uh, anything like that that you need. You can literally just slide the end open, and there's the the USB C port. Of course, if you're thinking I've got a touch screen already on my iPad or or something like that, why why do I want a pencil? Well, it's a lot more precise, and of course, yeah, you're used to that. If you dip your finger in a pot of paint and try to write with it, then it wouldn't be too accurate. A pencil much like a, a traditional pencil, solves that. But it also gives you things like you know, pressure sensitivity and angle of tilt. Um, so yeah, if, you, if you're doing something more like calligraphy, you can see which angle you're holding the pencil at and, and that can uh, feed through into the, uh, uh, into the creation program that you're using as well. So uh, definitely, uh, definitely a, a sort of higher or, precision also device. Also, more importantly, coming in at a lot better price than the pre... So the Apple second generation pencil was £140. The new Pencil 3 coming in at £79. Yeah, so just under £80, and that is available today. Um, yes. So you can head over to uh, the Apple website or indeed head down to uh, to the Grand Arcade, and I suspect that they will probably have them <laughs> in store there as well. Open until 7pm, so you have eight minutes. <laughs> yep, uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this on uh, on the Monday evening at least. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely good to see them keeping that, uh, uh, that thing up. It works with uh, iPads. Um, and uh, that's the 10th generation ones as well as the iPad Pro, iPad Air and uh, iPad Mini so uh, yeah, do do check the compatibility of your device before you commit to one of these Absolutely, if you go into your Apple store with your device they will be able to verify and also you'll be able to test it straight away and turn around and go, it doesn't work and they will sort you out yeah. Um, now, one thing, if you're looking ahead to uh, to a new phone, of course, the iPhone, uh, <laughs> uh, the iPhone 15, not launched all that long ago, but the iPhone 16 um, might be delayed. Uh, we're not going to see it anytime soon. We knew that anyway, um, but it might be uh, <laughs> might be postponed from the original plans um, yes. due to some supply chain issues. Well, that and also uh, the operating system. So iOS 18, which will be the operating system that ships with iPhone 16, um, rumoured to be a lot of AI, a machine learning, of course. Uh, that large language model stuff in it. Apple doing a lot of research into that and doing a lot of development into that to make Siri a whole lot better. Um, 
they had a code freeze on iOS 18's development for a week, basically just to squash bugs and get everything uh, a lot clearer and cleaner for progressing forwards. So that's put a, ro- a one-week knock-on onto the code shipping. That doesn't necessarily mean the end of the world because a week is a very short time in code development uh, time. But uh, they are aiming for iOS 18 to be one of their best operating systems yet with the least amount of bugs. Yeah, and of course... We'll yeah, wait and see. The, that would typically uh, yeah, rather delay the launch than uh, than ship something that then gets a, a load of really uh, negative feedback. So good to, uh, good to hear that is happening, even if it does mean we have to wait a little longer for the next generation of phones. Um, looking ahead, of course, we've just had these announcements, but uh, Worldwide Developer Conference, Apple WWDC, that's another one of their big events. That's scheduled for June 2024. Um, as for the iPhone 16, that might be uh, as late as September. So plenty to, uh, to look forward to as we head into next year. That's all we've got time for tonight. We'll be back in another episode in a couple of weeks' time. The Gadget Guy on Cambridge 105 Radio with the Centre for Computing History, Cambridge. Making the history of computing fun for everyone. Visit computinghistory.org.uk to find out more.